everyone, you're listening to Tengredel. <laughs> this is your host Iggy, and with me is the token Jew who I'm going to blame for everything that goes wrong on this episode. It's Ben Cohn, our grappling analyst. Hello, Ben. I uh, should have found a way to like call out sick and bring in Ed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ed is also Italian, so there's like there's some he, he's muddy daughters a little Jew. bit. Very clever of him to be born not a pure Jew. Or you could find a way to uh, to rope in his Italian heritage into the into the bigotry. Either that, or like uh, being born in a remote Siberian village in a country that's currently at war. That that, that was also smart of him not to do that. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, you, you can't fault the decision making there. True. Oh, uh, by the way, I think your mic is currently again picking up uh, from from the laptop. Oh crap! How about now? Yeah, that's better. Okay, okay. Now that's uh, our audio is sorted out. I guess we'll just uh, jump straight into it. UFC two eight one, UFC two eighty one. Adesanya versus Pereira. Uh, decent event overall, and uh, fairly, <laughs> fairly historical, historically significant, and extremely funny outcome for the main event. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, yeah. why, why don't I? Why don't I just let you take the lead on this one and just kind of fire off some quick thoughts overall? And how, how did? Uh, what did you think of the event overall? I mean, the event overall was it was it was a lot of fun. I don't think that um, there were some some spots where everyone was kind of like, "Ooh, no!" and Frankie Edgar, um, basically. But, yeah, that's uh, that's kind Dalla of it. as well. Well, I guess you could no, also Reyes, say that the Reyes one kind of sucked. Yeah, you could also say that about Dan Hooker a little bit because uh, Dan Hooker kind of looked. Mm. We'll get into it when we, you know, actually get to it. But uh, yeah, that one was also kind of weird. And uh, was, I dare say, but it was good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun though. It was a funny fight. It uh, was entertaining. Anyway, so the main event: Alex Pereira knocks out Israel Adesanya in the final round. Uh, with uh, what many call a come from behind win, and uh, I think I think I'm inclined to agree with that. Even though the fight I feel was overall competitive coming into the knockout, mm-hmm. before that, Adesanya was doing a lot of good work. Uh, Pereira was also doing a lot of good work. So it's not like Alex Pereira was getting his ass beaten and uh, just suddenly just came out with this bomb unexpectedly. He was kind of working towards it throughout the fight, but. Both of them were doing lots of good work. Anything that you've uh, noticed, anything that stands out to you for that one? Uh, anything unexpected? Um, I did. I, I guess um, I think I think more more. I, I know that people like saw the signs of it, but I did expect I did expect it to, to be harder to get Israel backed up to the fence that hmm. easily. Um, I did expect a little bit more from his, you know, uh, cage footwork like just his maneuvering around the cage i did expect him to be able to stay off the fence for a little bit longer <laughs> but by the by by the time he got to the finish like he was just retreating instantly to the fence yeah um, he kind of and ha- anytime he was coming forward he was doing fine like he was tagging him so yeah i guess it's, yeah. it can be sort of explained by the fact but by some of the interviews that he's given like in his mind what got him knocked out last time against Pereira in kickboxing is that he got too aggressive and too cocky and uh, uh, kind of too into it and 
just kind of got caught in the middle of it. I have to. Re- I would have to revisit the actual kickboxing fight to, to confirm that. But uh, for psychological reasons, I guess that's the reason why he kind of decided to fight in a more conservative way. Uh, let's put it that way. But what that entailed essentially is that he kind of the Ringcraft was kind of shoddy, I would say, compared to some of his previous outings because Adesanya is kind of. What's his reputation is that he's uh, an excellent ring general, at least, at the very least, for middleweight. And uh, yeah, he was. But in this why in this fight, uh, it was kind of it, it's not just Adesanya shitting the bed. It was also Pereira doing lots of really good cage cutting work and good pressuring work, mm-hmm. pressuring behind the jab, using his size very well. Because like the number one thing that stood out to me is that Pereira can just you know reach out and touch Adesanya. It's not like he has to. Like breach this enormous gap like his previous uh, opponents had to, and and he's he's been doing lots of really good jab work throughout the fight. Not enough, in my opinion, to warrant like to to make it like as consistent as I would like to for Pereira. But yeah, it's still it was still a big factor. What do you think? Oh, it definitely is. It's a lot harder for Izzy to do what he wants to do. When he can't just touch you when you can't touch him, or even the opposite, where that where your opponent can touch you and you're having a hard time reaching them, hmm. um, the fact that he was um, making sure to be competitive with Izzy at range, and like you said, it was it was it was competitive throughout. Even if Izzy was up and he was up on the judges' scorecard, and pretty much everyone did have it three to one going into the fifth, um, man, like. It's different than the Usman Edwards fight because of that. Like, even though Leon was like making it competitive, there was such a clear, there was such a clear victory there, where you did not expect Leon to be able to win. You didn't expect him to be able to finish Usman, and that's what made it so incredible. Got that finish right. Yeah. But with 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 you know with Adesanya and Pereira, it was different. Like you kind of like, even though you're like, oh, we, he he needs the finish. You didn't have that feeling of it won't happen. Yeah. It didn't seem inevitable that he was going to lose. You were on the edge of your seat the entire time. And that's kind of what makes this fight so much fun. I don't know what it'll be like on rewatch. Like a lot of fights can be really, really great the first time you see them. But that's a lot of it because of the, how tense it is, the, the back and forth nature of it, the, the, the lack of certainty in the result. And then once you have the result, it kind of can take away from that magic. But. Yeah. I, I do. I do think this might hold up on rewatch, just a little bit less. Yeah, due to the fact that, uh, due to my, I, I'm currently in a European timeline, and because of that, I've had to catch up on the fight mm-hmm. uh, after the fact. And uh, I kind of, mm-hmm. uh, well, I I usually just wake up and just uh, look at the results. Some people would call that spoiling yourself, but uh, to me, it just doesn't, doesn't really matter that much uh, in general. <laughs> like spoil spoilers don't bother me, and um, yeah, I. I came into the fight watching it. I knew what's going to happen. And I was still entertained throughout. And I still saw a lot of uh, good work from Adesanya. And I uh, and I think with the way the fight was developing, I would also see an Adesanya win, uh, were it not for the finish, <laughs> as weird as it sounds. But also, <laughs> like looking at what Pereira was doing, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he was working towards that finish. Like, uh 
as stated before, the range uh, allowed Pereira to just land with the jabs and linear strikes. He was also doing lots of really good uh, pressuring work, pressuring behind linear strikes and not just barging in. Like, uh, for example, like um, Robert Whittaker tried to pressure Adesanya and, or where he would just leap in and just jump in with these uh, long uh, blitzes trying to land with the jab at, at any cost or with uh, Vittori who just kind of like walked forwards and got his ass kicked. <laughs> and uh, Pereira was doing a really great job of uh, checking the kicks, which is something that uh, lots of previous uh, opponents struggled against Adesanya. Uh, they struggled to do that against Adesanya. And mm-hmm. uh, like um, this uh, calf one kick. Of the things, it's one of the things Jan did so well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, can, lots of parallels with the Jan loss, in fact. Like um, yep. Joe Rogan on commentary talked about how <laughs> Adesanya, quote unquote, pieced Jan up on the feet, which is just blatantly false <laughs> and uh, won through wrestling. Yeah. And it's, it's just not what happened. <laughs> like, first of all, Jan had no. a range advantage over uh, over Adesanya and was able to out-jab him. And uh, I would dare say he boxed him up before actually getting to the wrestling. So, And the kick defense played a huge role in that respect. Uh, Adesanya seemed to be keen think, um, on trying to clinch up with Pereira quite often and kind of sort of MMA him, I guess, which is uh, an, uh, which is... A point that was being brought up by many analysts coming into the fight. Like, what? Well, Adesanya is more experienced in MMA, so why don't he just do MMA? And he, he did a lot of that, and uh, he won uh, at least one round doing that. He kind of like top gamed uh, Alex Pereira, but mostly because Alex Pereira. Yeah, that, of, was, that was. Yeah, oh. He that just was, kind of took himself that was down. Something else. Why, why don't you just break down that sequence? <laughs> It was literally like Adesanya would have been totally fine just clinching with him against the ca- against the cage to burn time, but because Pereira was forcing the issue, it's just I mean if like if you insist, all right, fine, I'll fucking top game you. Right? Like okay, <laughs> but uh, what actually happened? Like uh, Pereira, I think I distinctly remember him trying to go for a trip when he was in no position to just yeah. to to land that. Uh, his bad. feet were all wrong. Like, uh, I think his back foot was positioned all the way, like, to the side, and he was off balance and trying to wrap his front foot around Adesanya's foot. And Adesanya was, like, in a solid stance with his uh, knees bent. And you're not landing any trips this way, especially, like, the, um, like, this sort of reap that, uh, this sort of, like, uh, I guess, uh, a judo reap that uh, Pereira was trying to land. And the reason for that is just uh, the positioning has to be, like, your foot should be balanced. It doesn't have it, 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 it shouldn't be like all the way up behind you, like this far away, and you shouldn't be reaching across with your foot. It's just gonna fall over. <laughs> There's no balance in that position. And uh, as to the essentially clean, trying to off balance your opponent while off balancing yourself. Yeah, essentially. And then they're currently in a fully solid stance, so so he's just able to counter it for like easily. Yeah. And then top game. Uh, as, as to the clinch exchanges, what's, uh, what I noticed, though, is that while Adesanya had uh, had the dominant positions in the clinch, he was 
securing better positions in the clinch. He still got outworked in the clinch, I think, because Pereira was able to still land lots of really good body work. And that's something that also, uh, that I also saw as a great sign for Pereira throughout the fight is that he just, he zeroed in on the, on the body work. It wasn't like constant. It wasn't like he was going for it, but he still, if, if there was an opportunity to, to land a body shot, he still landed them. Uh, and quite a lot of them in the clinch as well. And I think that also contributed a little bit to, to some of the uh, questionable ringcraft decision-making that Adesanya displayed, uh, especially by the end of the fight. What do you think? Um, I mean, even the thing is that even early in the fight, right, um, we would see that the the defensive loss, because as, as slick as Izzy can look at times, his defense is not really like I think the um, the guys in heavy hands were talking about the, that his defense with Miguel I think um they they were they were talking about how his defense is not actually that deep when it comes to certain aspects of defense like he likes to move out of the way but he's not going to block right he's mm-hmm. not going to really um show that kind of layered defense which again he was trying against the cage and he was constantly getting caught uh, circling out with his hands down, so that left hook landed multiple times. But even when he hurt a Pereira really badly at the end of that first round, when he threw that left hook that landed right at the at the buzzer, he was squared up, not ready to take a counter punch. So if Pereira just was in, you know, if he was lucid enough to throw his own left hook, he might have killed Izzy there, right? A similar to a Condit Hardy Hardy situation. Yeah. Uh, it's- um, it's it's kind of like so, because we, we as, saw that uh, we saw that in the previous fights and it was something that many analysts have caught on and uh, it's something that uh, Danny Martin for example was talking about coming into the uh, <clears throat> coming into the Polo Costa title defense is that Polo Costa is a body hitter so and uh, is he likes leaning back uh, instead of just instead of moving away and just kind of sucking uh, his gut in and covering it up and so the body shots might have landed there but we know how the Costa defense. Uh, went uh, the signing just kind of demolished Costa, so it was it kind of became a moot yeah. point for a while, but the floor was still there. The 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 Costa fight. The reason why I remember picking that is because I basically expected um, I expected Costa to not give a shit about Izzy's feints and mm. not respect him. This is a man who walked down Joel Romero and tried to take his fucking head off, and. He was bit on every fucking faint. Oh, yeah. Got his leg kicked to shit. Just like, just what the actual fuck. So to finally see somebody actually do that because they didn't give a fuck. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's I, essentially. I, I distinctly remember it, it picking exposed a lot of the whole, the issues. Yeah, I distinctly remember picking uh, Adesanya for that one because uh, in my eye, is, it was that uh, Adesanya is much uh, is a much more accurate puncher in uh, certain sequences in the pocket and uh, uh, has more fluid hands in in those exchanges uh, as opposed to Costa, who kind of gets the ball rolling and has to keep the ball rolling. And also because uh, I don't think we actually caught on any of us caught, have caught on to that, but Costa only fights south poles, <laughs> only fought south poles at least. Uh, up until that one, so <laughs> most of his body work was and cage cutting was predicated on the uh, open side body kick, <clears throat> and uh, that leads in, leads us into the um, uh, the fact that Adesanya insisted upon fighting a lot of that fights in in the southpaw stance, which opened up 
which opened him up to a lot of body straights and body body kicks uh, from Pereira, and also mm-hmm. kind of nullified his own counters in a way because he, I, I, I see I, I think Adesanya kind of tried to fight Southpaw because he was counting on the lead shoulder to try to sort of cover up his chin, uh, but. The 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 most significant offense that Adesanya himself has been able to fire off was with the right hand, and every time he threw the right hand, it usually landed. And in fact, it was a right hand that hurt uh, Pereira in the first round. Except that Adesanya insisted upon fighting that really cagey sort of game plan throughout the fight, and uh, just didn't lead. He just sort of refused to lead in a lot of ways. And the only safety lead that he uh, felt comfortable throwing was the leg kick, which Pereira kind of defended handily throughout the fight. Yeah. Um, what, one thing that also um, that is a big differenti- differentiating factor between someone like Costa and um, um, Pereira is also the fact that Costa really isn't that hard of a single shot hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to build up. That's why it takes him like so long to really start to to, to, to it, it takes him a little bit of time to break you down because he's not really landing even though he clearly has fucking power um it's just for some reason especially with his hands uh, it seems more like an attritive power yeah, um, it's just a different meanwhile, kind of power yeah and with Pereira yeah, it's just it's a like thudding a, it's, different. it's thudding he's gonna fucking end you he yeah. just ends you um and it's kind of very funny also that the current middleweight champion might lose to Marvin Vittori if they fought next. <laughs> yeah, it's just – yeah, getting to Marvin game- Vittori, UFC champion, is a real possibility because I don't know if I tr- – I don't know if I trust Whitaker to not die against Peloton for some reason. I mean uh- – I trust Vittori not to. I mean, it also depends on where Vittori is currently, like mentally, at least – like. At, at the very least, mentally, after that Robert Whittaker fight, because Robert Whittaker kind of he came close to near breaking him, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, because Vittori really looked defeated at the end. But then again, that's also like just kind of he couldn't uh, take him down. Yeah, he couldn't take him down. He can definitely take he can definitely take Poatan down. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll be like, I I have to be able to eat punches and get takedowns against somebody who can't grapple. Those are my best attributes. I mean, getting top-gamed by Adesanya is for sure a look. And one interesting thing that I noticed is that Adesanya showed showed himself to be more cognizant of wrist rides and wrist ties than Robert Whittaker was against Adesanya. Because the one criticism that I've had against uh, Robert Whittaker in, in the Adesanya rematch is that he just would not address the hands of Adesanya, which allowed Adesanya to build up constantly up to, the, up to his feet. And here... Adesanya just uh, well, Adesanya is generally like a good. He's good at, at at fighting the hands and addressing the hands in grappling situations, and he sort of just clamped down on that wrist of uh, on Pereira's wrist and just held him down and was able to land ground and pound. But uh, it, I mean, it also. I hope Pereira addresses that issue of taking himself down, and I mean. It also happened to Adesanya in a couple of fights when he first came into the UFC. So I guess it's just something that kickboxers kind of do <laughs> because it's just a different world. <laughs> um, I, I don't. The thing is, I don't think that uh, at 34 years old that we're going to see 
such drastic improvements from him. True. Yeah. At least not enough to beat anybody in extended wrestling or grappling sequences. So either he'll have to just like kill somebody in the first round because they're too scared to enter range uh, effectively, and then he can just clock them. Another interesting or proposition he's get, is also yeah, he's gonna lose. Another interesting proposition is Derek Brunson because that also brings Derek Brunson back into oh the title God. contention. It's it's basically an open but season the for the middleweight is, belt essentially. But but Brunson, I don't know if I I don't know if I trust Brunson to be able to take a shot. True, from true. Yeah, I mean, that's also, it, like that's the major difference between Vittori and, and everyone else, though. Like, yeah, Vittori is probably unkillable with a single shot. So. Brunson was doing uh he's been doing well trying to address his usual issues which is just like so sort of swimming forward with his chin up in the air but it's also an issue. it's still kind of an issue and uh oh oh everything that uh, Pereira has to do all he has to do essentially against Brunson is to just sort of sit back and land that counter left hook <laughs> <laughs> and generally, yeah, that's kind of like Poatan's entire game. But it's also, I mean, against the Desanya, he showed uh, that he has a process on the feet, and I would yeah, hope so, some, given that he he's a former craft. champion. He, he showed some real craft. They both did. Uh, honestly, yeah. this was a great fight. It really was. By by any reasonable metric, this was a really, really good fight, particularly for the for bigger guys. You know. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air from all the middleweight uh, drug, uh, dr- the dredge that we've had to kind of force our way through, I, kind of, <laughs> kind of tough it out. I'm, I told I told everyone who would listen, and it wasn't that many people, <laughs> that that Adesanya, if you put somebody who he's not going to be afraid of the takedown, he will do cool shit. He will fucking fight if he if he can if he could set it if he could just outclass them on the feet he's gonna look fucking cool as shit like Polo Costa if he if he is forced to fight back because you know it's somebody who can force him to fight he's gonna do some cool shit because at the end of the day the reason why he does that shit is because everyone's trying to fucking grab a hold of him and hold on or take him down and do shit like that it's yeah. fucking gonna cause you to pare your shit down yeah did he pare it down too much sure. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but also I kind of get it. Yeah, it's one of the. <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. Yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, still recovering from bronchitis, so <laughs> my voice isn't is uh, what it used to be. Yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of just. Uh, I mean, as a fighter, the only thing you really should care about is getting W's and not like being entertaining or something, which, which is obviously still. A huge priority if you want to be popular, but uh, it's not as important as you know winning fucking fights. But uh, one thing before I forget, one thing uh, before we move on, I guess, is that uh, uh, people kind of talk about how uh, uh, how weird. T- well, the criticism uh, addressed at uh, the Sanya's Ringcraft is that well, it kind of looked bad, and yeah. But also, Adesanya's ringcraft was never geared towards sharp direction changes or pivots or like, uh, he mostly just circles out. And it's not like, it's, it's not like Jose Aldo just kind of hitting these slick 45 degree angles and just, uh, countering you up, uh, upon getting that dominant angle. Adesanya has to make wide steps and kind of just, uh, Take that wide angle and then reposition in the center, and then he, he tries to land offense. And 
Against Pereira, it's just it's a risky proposition, <laughs> and uh, Adesanya probably felt stuck because if you circle one way, there's the left hook. If you circle the other way, there's the right hand and the, the low kick. And Pereira's low kick game is entirely geared towards making you, forcing you to circle towards the left hook. So you just kind of uh, and. Uh, Pereira was wise to the direction feints that Adesanya attempted. Like he would just kind of like uh, jerk one way and then move the other way. And uh, yeah, that's what you should do along the fence. But Pereira was also is uh, he's not he's not dumb. He sees what you're trying to do, and he just circled with he circled with Adesanya. He just kept up with Adesanya throughout the fight and just kind of kept him along the fence as well. And uh, Part of the reason why he was able to keep him along the fence is that his jabs throughout the fight, it's, it was a really important weapon to him. It wasn't like super crafty jabs. It wasn't like anything like slick or uh, just uh, interesting in a weird mechanical way or anything. It was just good old ramrod straight, powerful jabs, moving your opponent backwards, snapping his head back. It's just good work. And yeah, partly it was because the range allowed him to do that. But I mean, it's fighting. You utilize your attributes to the to the fullest extent to win fights. So yeah. La- la- last last thought um, on this fight before I guess we move on to the, the co-main. But um, I think it's really important to note that what, one one thing that allowed um, Poatan to to be able to have such good shot selection along the fence, especially as time went on, and be able to catch Adesanya more and more and more cleanly, is the fact that when 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 you want someone to react to you, you obviously have to be, have some sort of threat behind it. Mm. Pauletan's threat was that no matter what was going to happen, if he hit you, it was going to hurt. Whether you blocked it or whether it landed, you know, grazing, shit was going to hurt, especially if it landed clean. Yeah, and. If Poatan cut off his escape to the right, it doesn't matter what Adesanya would do. He has two options. Either he collides with him, which is what he started to do as the fight went on and kind of got away from because he was getting a little bit too antsy as Poatan started to up, up the pace. Um, or he would circle out and he would circle to that, to that left hook and he started to get caught with it over and over. There were multiple times he got caught with it throughout the fight. Yeah. And finally, you know, like it, it, he was able to time it. So that power, is that danger that forced Adesanya into making decisions that were essentially going to put him consistently in danger. And it's something that's so necessary that if you're going to try and get someone to react to you in the cage, you have to have a reason for them to be afraid. There's got to be some level there, whether it's your raw power, whether it's your speed, whether it's your timing, how you're, uh, how you're not getting hit, but you're constantly landing on them. It, it, it could be any of that stuff, but you have to find that. And Pawtons just happens to be absurd power, like just ridiculous stopping power. So that's, that's my last uh, thought on the fight. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you're just kind of making me remember stuff that I wanted to mention. <laughs> it's that, that <laughs> for the longest time, the criticism for Adesanya was that... Uh, yeah, he gets people reacting, and people react to just kind of this idea of Adesanya. Everyone thinks that he's this massive counterpuncher, like uh, the second coming of uh, Anderson Silva. But people just kind of forget that he's not that big of a counter threat. He just doesn't counterpunch all that much. And the biggest criticism was always that, yeah, he gets people reacting, but he doesn't build upon that. Like he doesn't go that uh, doesn't make that other the, doesn't make the second step and actually hurt hurt people and put guys away. And uh, 
Pereira just kind of saw through that. I mean, the man fought Adesanya twice and won. So he knows Adesanya and he knows his uh, usual trick, all his usual tricks. He's wise to them. And he just kind of sort of, okay, he's fainting. Uh, he might throw something. He might not. But I'm just going to stick to my guns and keep moving forward and keep trying to land shots. And uh, uh, that, that's uh, the most important bit that uh, a lot of fighters facing Adesanya have seemed to just kind of... Uh, I guess they seem to have bought into the hype overall, I guess, is the way I would put it. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> just the, the, the best base for beating Adesanya, I guess, is just be gigantic have enormous power and just punch him. <laughs> that's that's that, that's the extent of my higher level analysis for this one. Okay, so uh, the co-main, uh, Jan Wei Li versus Carlos Esparza. Carlos Esparza, I mean, uh, beating Rose Namajunas for the belt seems like the, the worst base for becoming the strawweight champion these days. <laughs> Well, no, no, it's a great base for it's a great base for becoming the strawweight champion, but for that for, but after that, yeah. not really helpful. <laughs> Actually, keeping. Could you imagine? Uh, fuck, just being Carlos Barza and going, "I did it! This is my crowning achievement." Joanny and Jacek, fuck! All right, I've done it again. <laughs> Zhang Weili, fuck! <laughs> Jesus, that's awful. It's so yeah. awful. I feel terrible for her because she gets shat on constantly. And she's it's kind of remarkable what she's accomplished. Yeah, it's kind of... I guess that has to mess with your head. I, I mean, it, it's something that uh, we also forgot to mention about the... Like, the historical significance of the Pereira fight is that the man actually tracked down his rival in a different sport and beat him again. <laughs> yeah. Which is like... Oh, my God. The ultimate hater move. And what I love about that fight as well is that Pereira immediately threw up the, the threw up the three and zero sign. It's very immediately he's petty after. as fuck. Yeah, it's like why do they hate each other? I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked into the background of that all that much. And uh, Jesus Christ, just he didn't it's even cute. celebrate or anything. Uh, he just immediately threw up the three and zero sign. I just just fucking immediately started to hate. Savage, <laughs> savage. Uh, yeah, we're back as, on that fight, but yeah, we got to speaking uh, about Savage. Yeah. The one thing that annoys me is that the reactions of everyone, like, "Oh my God, the man from a non a uncontacted tribe in the Amazon River," and uh, the, there was like uh, ESPN oh, posted in Connecticut. Yeah, ESPN <laughs> posted uh, a video of Pereira enjoying a post-fight pizza, and uh, the caption was like, "Nothing tastes like post-victory pizza," and the comments were like. I bet this is the first time he's even tried pizza. Fucking, the guy grew up in San Paolo. For fuck's sake. Come on. <laughs> I, I, what, what, where the fuck did, did... Lives in, Okay, he currently oh. lives in fucking Connecticut, bro. <laughs> it's not like he's living in the fucking middle of nowhere in Brazil. He lives two hours from New York City. I could go to his gym. It's not far from where I live. I mean, he def well, first of all, he defended his belt all across the globe in essentially every major European city and uh, in American cities as we well. Up, and he's we been to New, York, New event, York before. Yeah. He's been to fucking we've, New York before. <laughs> we somehow ended up back on the main event. We have to focus on the co-main. Oh, Jesus. I mean, this is, this is just... Uh, like this... Listen, uh, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was an ass-whooping. 
it was an expected ass whooping. Um, now it'll be either a rematch with Rose or maybe a rematch with Andrade. Either way, it'll be fun. So fuck, like, yeah, uh, Whaley. Uh, he she's kind of brushed up on her grappling, I guess. Uh, we kind of you you oh, can sure. you can see that he she focused on uh, developing some uh, de- developing a finishing threat on the ground and uh which is i guess which is a criticism that uh, she has addressed from the bros fight the previous bros fight that she that she lost i think i don't actually remember i just kind of zoned out throughout the fight i didn't pay that much attention and i just didn't didn't watch as far as the bros too because i didn't care <laughs> um i'm going to be perfectly honest i never watched um i i wasn't watching live so when I heard how bad Sparza Rose 2 was, I was like, I'm not going to put myself through this. There's no reason for it. It's not really going to teach me much uh, that's going to be meaningful going forward for either of their careers. Um, Carlos Sparza versus Rose Namajunas just was it, – it, no, I'm not going to watch it. I, I know. I, it's not the same as their first fight where Rose was psychotic and will fight – and will literally just – do the most ridiculously low I- low fight IQ shit because she had three fucking pro fights. So whatever, fine. And as far as I was like a, you know, a way better wrestler. So she just beat the shit out of her. <laughs> like, fine. Cool. You know? Yeah. But I'm, this, th- I'm not going to put myself through that second fight. Watching the highlights, uh, well, the highlights in, in, in enormous quotes, it just seems like uh, an example of just kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to call it. I guess, misogynistic cornering misogynistic misogynistic coaching <laughs> just <laughs> both girls uh, f- striking from way outside the range at which they would reasonably connect and uh, just hitting air over and over again and uh, Trevor Whitman I guess somehow for some reason was kept insisting that Rose keep fighting that same way and uh, encouraging her I don't know I don't know it's, it's weird but uh, to focus on this fight uh, would you like to break down some of the grappling sequences if there were, if they, there was anything that stood out to you or caught your eye as cool or something? I really like the um, the way that um, Zhang Weili, um the way she used her strength in a lot of those positions because she was very clearly the much more physical um, of the two women and it showed one of the things that I think is is kind of lost sometimes is that it can oftentimes happen in the gym, which is something it doesn't look like Whaley has an issue with, um, is that they kind of like – if you're the stronger person generally when you're rolling with somebody, you're often told like you, you try not to use it and that can oftentimes lead to people even with – who have physical advantages – can sometimes not employ it properly. If you're in the midst of getting reversed, one of the most effective things you can do is just really clamp down really hard, especially in those early moments when they're dry, they're not going to be slipping and sliding as much. Um, You saw how hard it was for Carla to really go go through those rotations to try and reverse uh, Whaley. So I thought that that was actually something that I really liked to see um, that – allowed her to kind of like keep going with those positions um <clears throat> essentially shutting down the momentum as it goes and it, you have to restart it that's one very specific thing that i really like to see some and I, 
oftentimes you don't see. And you really only see it in like pretty well-schooled grapplers. Um, there's obviously mistakes she's making because those those positions probably shouldn't be happening in the first place when you mm. have such an overwhelming physical advantage. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not sure how experienced she is. I don't know how deep into her career is she is. I know she has a lot of fights. I don't know if she's like three or four years and just was like fighting six times a year at one uh, point or well, not. Well, she, she spent a lot of time on the Chinese regional scene and it's just kind of... It's... Uh... Uh, sure, she got a lot of experience fighting there, but it's also not not a very high level of opposition. So I guess that's kind of part of the reason why uh, some of her, uh, some of the areas uh, of her skill set seem to be somewhat underdeveloped. She's officially a pro since 2013, so it's actually really interesting. Yeah, I she mean, she only really started fighting in earnest in 2016. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but the finishing sequence. So uh, Esparza shoots a, t- a sort of a desperation takedown, uh, which was mm-hmm. it was obvious from the start that mm-hmm. uh, Esparza did not uh, feel comfortable striking with Whaley on the feet at all, and she not, did not enjoy the protracted clinch uh, exchanges and did not uh, wish to to get bogged down in them. So it was sort of short a desperation takedown. Whaley kind of rushed on the, the takedown defense and ended up being taken down anyway, but uh, immediately kind of secured the crucifix position and uh, ch- choked Sparza out. <laughs> and that was that. Didn't take all that long. Uh, overall... Uh, I'm, so, I'm so happy that we got to see a crucifix rear naked choke. Marcelo's yeah. special, baby. That doesn't happen <laughs> Let's that go. Often, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. So to see that for a championship fight? Hell fucking yeah. Marcelo's shit works, baby. Let's start to see some X-Guard in the fucking UFC already. Yeah. I mean... I apologize. The, gra- the, gra- the grappling meta just kind of seems to wax and wane in a lot of the better divisions. It's it's kind of weird. But, yeah. Uh, oh, I guess it was okay as far as uh, title defenses... Uh, title fights, I'm sorry, goes. Uh... Uh, go and uh, I, I like a good mauling. I like yeah. a good mauling compared to I, I some. Thought, of the, I thought in terms of like yeah, compared was, to some of the title fights that like, we got in the in women's MMA, that was okay. I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. I'm happy it went that way. I mean, I uh, wait. I, I actually would say that a lot of the women's title fights have been pretty fucking awesome. Like mm. if you actually think about it, like Ioanni and Jacek's, pretty much all of them were pretty fucking crazy. I mean, that's in Jacek. In Jacek is um, just the, the greatest. I mean, yeah, but like Rose, Rose has had some solid, uh, some good fights on Draj. Like the title picture for like the title picture for Strawweight was has been pretty fun generally. Well, yeah, Strawweight and, is and, basically and when the Rousey only, was fucking the Strawweight yeah. is the only but, but, good <laughs> women's uh, division, which is just I, which, I, which I, just I, tells well, us Adam that Wade, we should Adam have Adam, Adam Weight. You just should have Adam Weight. Adam Weight needs to be in the UFC. Yeah, um, I think that 125 is just unfortunately. It's just like it. it it's just unfortunate. It was, is it what it is. That's it. Of, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I. It's kind of annoying because I felt like that 135. We could we had some real potential, mm. and I think we still could. But like, it's it's. It, uh, this is one of the things that um, you know, was discussed by Julie and I. Yeah, is that. The the they, the USC does a shit job with these divisions. Oh yeah, it's so bad. It's not right. 
and it's and it's stunting the growth. Like if you look at it, like from like she she said, she's like if you look at it ten years ago versus now, it's night and day. Like the best of the best in the women's divisions right now, it's it's not even close. She said I was considered like a like a relatively you know top twenty five ish fighter. Like now I wouldn't even fucking like <laughs> what are you talking about? So I yeah. But at the same time, like think about how much – and this applies, by the way, to the men's divisions too. Think how much farther this sport could have gone. But um, yeah, I, I'm fine with moving on to um, Poirier Chandler. Because, yeah. I, I yeah. would dare say that it was uh, the best fight of the night. Uh, also, just straight up fight of the night. And I see that Dustin Poirier and Chandler have received their bonus, which is good. Uh, oh, performance of the night went to Wei Li and Pereira, which is, uh, I guess – yeah, okay, I guess uh, that's fine. I hear that. I mean, like, they kind of, yeah. yeah. For very different reasons, obviously, but yeah. Pereira would contest, um, but... Uh, yeah, go. Whatever. <laughs> 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 because if he, he, he wasn't... Do, he was he did a good job, but yeah. not that great of a job. It's just, uh, I guess it's just for the knockout. Yeah. Uh, he gets it for the knockout. Okay, so that's the Paulie versus Michael Chandler. Uh Obviously, just fucking insane fight from start to finish. Right out of the gate, Chandler comes out like a bat out of hell, as he's wont to do. Um, uh, it just kind of turns into chaos. Uh, Dustin Boyer landing good shots right off the gate, right out of the gate, because Chandler is pressing the issue so hard. Chandler hurting Boyer uh, really badly, but uh, because he just kind of went hog wild and started winging punches, and Boyer was able to weather the storm. Drops Chandler uh, closer to the end, drops him really hard, just demolishes his nose. That 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 fucking that fucking punch was so fucking awesome. <laughs> he was... fucking swatted him. <laughs> he swatted him like a fucking bug out of the midair. It's like get the Chandler was just basically sort of like barging in, like you like usual, just exploding into range, and boy, just bam, waxing. <laughs> just meets him with this enormous hook flat on his face flat into his nose Chandler's f- nose gets flat and just sp- just splatters blood all over the place uh, Chandler keeps bleeding throughout the fight just boom. that was amazing yeah it's insane that was absolutely fantastic like yeah. what a what a fucking first round and then then Chandler comes out takes him down well Dustin <laughs> fucking cheats like a motherfucker Dustin Again, attempts to just jump on a ghillie. Uh, oh God! I, didn't, because of I, I, I wanted to block that from my mind Thank because, of course, much. he did. Of course, he fucking did. Chandler just grabs the moment Chandler touches uh, Dustin Poirier's hips. Dustin immediately ju- uh, jumps guard and uh, jumps on the ghillie, and obviously does not get it. <coughs> and uh, it's it's something. Um, it's something I discussed with um, uh, Vel actually. Um, where yeah, for, for those wondering, where, Bell is like, a patron. He's a he's a patron yes. from our Discord, which you also may join for five bucks a month. Anyway, please continue. It's dope. Um, we were discussing, and one of the things I pointed out, I'm like, I wouldn't be shocked, especially like early on in his career, if the guillotine was something that he just really would, he would fucking kill everyone with in the mat, like in the training room. Yeah, I wouldn't and be surprised. It, and it's something that is so like deeply ingrained into style because when you're training, even if you're training for other fighters and it's intense and it's hard sparring days, no matter what, it's not a fight unless it was like the old shoot the box um, mm. <laughs> training room. <laughs> um, you know, it's still not a fight. So 
if someone has like a relatively deep guillotine in you, on you, you're going to either like just try and ride it out. It's going to like waste a lot of time. It's like 30 seconds off the clock, 40 seconds off the clock. Whereas in a fight, they're getting the fuck out of there if they can. So if you just sit back for a guillotine, your position's not good. They're going to be fighting like hell from the second you do it for the most part, especially at a certain level. So it's it, – and you're putting it again against really good grapplers too. So that's I think what where that comes from potentially. Um, or just fucking like it's got to be a safety blanket for him in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I what mean, I think it is. You wouldn't and, do it if there wasn't some basis for it in your mind. Because, yeah. Uh, to do otherwise is just kind of like a weird sign. It just, just really makes me question your fight IQ, but I mean. What are you going to do? So Michael Chandler clamps down I just on picture him, you. I, I just picture him, one thing, I just picture him going every single time that he does the sit back, just goes, today's the goddamn day. <laughs> that, I mean, that's probably what's going through his mind. <laughs> I mean, he's like, I'm going to get it this time. I swear to fucking God. Yeah. Uh, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Chandler clamps down on Dustin Poirier. Just sort of like lay in praise, lames it out for a little bit for, for like... Uh, like a third of the round at least and uh good for him yeah and just kind of finds finds the spots along the fence as Dustin Poirier tries to wall walk his way up and um it was full Brock Lesnar yeah and then just cheats the fuck uh, out of that sequence so just uh cheats his entire heart out uh first he fish hooks blatantly fish hooks Dustin Poirier just clamps his jaws uh, it's just uh, shoves his fingers in, into uh, Dustin Poirier's mouth, hinges his jaw, uh, <laughs> like hinges his jaw open, and then c- c- just sort of like cranks on it to bring his uh, neck up, and uh, he tries to get the choke from there. It's just it was blatant. It was absolutely blatant. And Tan Dan was staring directly at it and did fucking nothing. <laughs> Just uh, looking at it. <laughs> afterwards, they change positions. They switch positions. Uh, Chandler is uh, a good position. I'm not gonna lie. Like Chandler fucking Brock Lesnar's ass before he fucked it up with the back of the head shots. Yeah, and the, gets the top position. I think it was Dustin was uh, sort of like he tried to get to a turtle, but got uh, sort of crumpled and mm-hmm. was uh, laying flat. Yeah, it's so such a good position. Laying it's... barely flat uh, on the ground, feet kind of like both legs pressed up against the canvas so he can't use his hips to move uh, to move in any direction can't use anything really and Chandler just unloads with this blatant really blatant back of the head shots and then Merigliotta first he grabs Chandler's arm to stop him and then does nothing Chandler just sort of looks at Dan looks back at Dustin and just continues hammering at the, so hammering away bad. at the brainstem oh my god oh my god I mean, looking back, this this is enough to warrant a disqualification. It should have been a point. It should have been a point deduction immediately. Yeah. Um, the DQ, like if if Poirier couldn't continue, like if Poirier just said, "I'm done," like DQ. But like, it, man, that should have been a point deduction, and thus gets a start on the feet. Just like like fucking hell. Yeah, I've spoken that's, about this before. That's too, really bad. I've spoken about this before, but to anyone wondering uh, why we are making such a big deal out of back of the headshots, that's how you kill people, essentially. That's how you ruin them for life. Just just uh, Google Google Pritchard Cologne. Um, yeah. Man. 
just uh, Google rabbit punches, boxing results and yeah. aftermath, and you'll get dozens of results of boxes crippled for life, completely unable to function in the, in the normal society and just as a human being, not knowing where they are, barely speaking, barely moving, uh, half paralyzed, uh, just hitting the brainstem causes brain bleeds, severe brain bleeds that uh, can put you into a coma can cause death, and then if you survive, if you survive, you end up with lasting brain damage. And there should be... Uh, this is the one rule. Like, okay, uh, eye pokes can uh, damage your vision for the rest of your life. That's bad. Nut shots, yeah. your nuts can explode, and that's bad. <clears throat> Rabbit punches, they can fucking kill you and ruin your entire life, just forever. This is something you can't recover from. And yeah, this is the one rule that has to be, that absolutely has to be enforced. It's just uh, an enormous safety hazard. Uh, anyway, Marco Chandler is a piece of shit for that. <laughs> he's also unapologetic. Uh, he's just, uh, he came out with a statement that he's saying that, oh, I'm no cheater. And like, I mean, fucking, if you, if you want to cheat, at least own up to it. <laughs> I mean, if he cheats and it works, then I guess that's kind of, whatever if you ain't cheating you ain't trying but if you cheat you lose and then you deny cheating that's uh that's there's video footage michael <laughs> we have video fucking footage of you repeatedly slamming the back of his fucking head and fish hooking him what are you talking about yeah okay i mean yeah also that fucking sequence uh, to actually get the finish and the choke was dope oh yeah so third round that was counts. Sick. The way Dustin he blocked Boy, his foot as he tries to, yeah. Dustin Boy ahead. comes out extremely mad for obvious reasons, uh, <laughs> just angered, and he stayed angry after the fight. And I do not blame him. So, yeah, walk us through the finish finishing sequence. Actually, this is your area expert of uh, expertise, after all. Uh, I was more focused on the back tech itself, but like um, the the two things that I would want to point out are the. When he's actually like, when Chandler's trying to control his back or take his back, you see Dustin actually block the foot from coming over. Mm. One of the things that Chandler was struggling with was that Dustin was kind of like too wide for him to really get both hooks in. Um, it was a struggle he was having pretty much throughout the, t the entire fight, which is why I think he was so desperate to get that choke in the first place because like he finally had like a solid, secure back position and it didn't fucking matter in the end. Um, Listen, there's a, there, there are benefits to being a uh, five foot six ball of muscle at lightweight. Who weighs probably 180 pounds in the cage. And there are downsides, you know? So he, um, that was one thing. And then uh, during the actual choke sequence itself, you know, uh, TP Grant actually shared a, a clip of this and I really liked it. Um, it was showing how you like uh, pull the forehead to open up the neck on your in jiu jitsu. And it's like, this is what you do if you want to be someone's, if you want to maintain a friendship in jiu-jitsu. And then TP retweets it and just with the clip of Chandler Poirier and goes, this is what you do if you don't want to be friends. He's just raking the face. He's <laughs> fucking crushing it. And I'm just like, yeah, go Dustin. Own that fraud. <laughs> it's so funny that Michael Chandler is billed uh, as being like five foot eight, and uh, Dustin Poirier is billed as being five foot nine. Really? Uh, yeah. And th no then you way. see them in the cage, and Dustin Poirier is like a fucking head taller than Michael Chandler. <laughs> it can't be. There's no way they have the balls to do that. 
Michael. I mean, go to I, Michael Chandler's topology page and the, the Wikipedia page and his build as being five foot eight, and he is not. That's <laughs> he, so weirdly upsetting. If if Dustin Poy, I wonder why they build build me as five foot eleven in my fight. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm five fucking ten. If 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 Michael Chandler <laughs> oh is five God, foot eight, right. Dustin Poy must be over six feet. There's no way. Bro, I'm six two. <laughs> Oh my god, his ESPN profile is five foot eight. This is ridiculous. Who are you lying for? Be proud. Be a short king. Yeah, it's just uh, it just kind of says certain things about Michael Chandler, doesn't it? <laughs> Should I tweet him asking if he's really five eight? Maybe not right now. Oh, well, maybe nice. later. Yeah, you you can use the, the fighter account. You can use the fighter account to to do that. I give you ex- explicit permission to do that. To ask Michael Chandler if he's five Thank foot eight you. from the official fighter account. Well, I'm not so allowed that. to use Twitter. I'm not allowed to. Be, I'm not allowed to use Twitter, and I would never break the rules. So. <clears throat> true. True. Uh, uh, by the way, something we forgot to mention. We keep coming back to the main event, but uh, the, the reason why I also wanted to to be present is that. <laughs> what did you think? Of Pereira's leg lock attempts and uh, the overall like grappling situation with them both, <laughs> like where it um, felt weirdly high stakes, but also not. <laughs> uh, I was actually mildly impressed with Izzy. Um, like I, 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 I liked the way that he was like mixing in ground and pound as opposed to like just desperately trying to hold on, because he was clearly at a strength disadvantage and I think he was like, I got to fucking hit this dude. Otherwise he's just going to try and stand up and I probably won't be able to hold him down. Hmm. I actually really like some of the decision making of Izzy. Um, the, the leg lock was funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would actually like to discuss the Puelas leg locks. That's funny. Oh my God. Fuck. Yeah. We'll get into it. Um, but yeah, we should, we should, we should definitely move on. Cause like um, I got to get it for work tomorrow though. Okay, so we still got two more fights at least. Yeah, Chris Gutierrez, Frankie Edgar, flying knee, Edgar goes down. Got three more fights. Yeah, I mean it's the usual story for Frankie Edgar, and uh, this was announced at his last fight, and he didn't contest that. Uh, it seems he's serious about retiring, so I guess that's that's okay. I hope to God he is. This yeah, is that was it's was, it's it's been bad. Five five years too late, I'd say. The retirement. Ortega floored him. Cheeto fucking made him into an NFT. Sanhagen. Corey kneed him into the goddamn shadow realm. And then this, this wasn't much better. Yeah. So, just, uh, well, he just doesn't see shots coming from, from below. And he never addressed that issue. And it's just three, three, like two knee KOs in a row and one front kick KO in a row added to the mix and it's just not great. It's, so, it's yeah. rough. Doesn't say a lot of things about Gutierrez, <sighs> but uh, I guess it's a scalp. Whatever. Uh, Edgar. Obviously uh, an amazing career. Uh, legit pioneer in the sport, but uh, yeah, time high time to hang it up. So, Dan Hooker... If you've never, if you've never seen one thing, if you've never, uh, if you're a newer fan, and you haven't gone to watch the Gray Maynard fights, go watch the first, second, and third Maynard fights. Go watch Frankie's title run. You, treat yourself, because that man was genuinely one of the best in the world for a really long time, and to do what he did at lightweight, considering the fact that he would be probably a 
above average sized flyweight modern times. Yeah. What a legend. So thank you, Frankie. I mean, he, he, he this fight was contested at Bantamweight, and Gutierrez looked like he was uh, a featherweight. It was it a looked like class a, bigger. Yeah, Crazy. It looked like a bantamweight, an actual bantamweight fighting a featherweight. That's what it looked like. And Gutierrez, he's a, he's a bantamweight as well. It's just nuts. All this, uh, everyone's just keep keeps fucking getting bigger. It's just, it's insane. Anyway, Dan Hooker versus uh, Claudia Poelius. And uh, <laughs> what a know, fight. What, what can you what say? A... Uh, Poelius was uh, uh, built up as uh, Ryan Hall, but he, good. By, he certainly knew. He certainly he certainly memed, and uh, Dan Hooker was fought the uh, most. I'm I'm happy that they gave Dan Hooker a l- like just like okay, this guy won't hit you. <laughs> <laughs> like you might like maybe you'll get subbed, but you'll your brain will be okay. Yeah, and Dan's just like thanks, guys. It was kind of sad because <laughs> Dan Hooker looked like looked slower than ever. Looked like he. <laughs> Like uh, the way that it's been described to, to me by by hope uh, that his chin can hold up. Yeah, the way it's been described to me, it's like looking at a fast guy fighting underwater. Mm-hmm. That's how it looked. And uh, Poe is he's being he was being built up as Ryan Hall, but good Ryan Hall that except that he can strike, but he showed up as uh, as Thrum had put it. It's just Ryan Hall. He's Ryan Hall, but he's Ryan Hall. Hey, Ryan Hall can at least threaten with some spinny kicks. Uh-huh. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so... Hey, he knocked down a very, very old Gray Maynard. That's... Wait, no. Who did he knock down? I don't fucking know. I don't remember. Okay, so... It did happen. There's uh... a... I swear to God, Ryan Hall, like, hurt somebody with a spin. Oh, it's Dr- Darren Elkins. Oh, oh, <laughs> he Christ. beat the fuck out of Darren Elkins. That's what happened. Yeah, so he fought, coming into the side, he fought Jordan Levitt, who is awful, Grutemacher, who is uh, who is ancient, and uh, fucking Clay Guida. Th- there's your fucking win streak kind of coming into this fight. <laughs> I, I, I broke down that knee bar of Clay Guida. It was really nice. But also, um, Clay Guida's definitely going to grapple. So... <laughs> He's definitely going yeah. to grapple, and he's also 500 years old. So what, what can you even say? Yes. Yeah. He's got 158 fights. So. Yeah, so then Hooker just kept kept dragging, taking his leg out and uh, kept removing his leg and kicking Pues, and uh, Pues got went down off, uh, off a body kick, and that was that. Uh, good on that Hooker. It should have been a TKO via exhaustion. True. That's also that. That's also true because not a body kick. Yeah, Pues just kept <laughs> it wasn't the body kick. He just kept. Flopping. He just wanted to not do this anymore. I mean, it looked like he it hurt him because he winced. Oh no, it like, definitely hurt. Yeah, he was like ah, but see, it was. It kind of looked like he just. If he could have, if he wouldn't have been immediately released from the UFC, I think he would have tapped due to exhaustion. Yeah. So Hinata Maikano defeats Brad Riddell. Uh, Hinata Maikano so showed mad. up in really good form. Uh, looked zero, then great distance control, great linear kicks, great straight punching, pressure. Except Brad Liddell also kind of looked out of it. Just kind of didn't want to be there. It almost felt, felt like it just kind of looked off. And uh, yeah, the, I, I, um, I hate what they did with Brad Riddell. Yeah. It's, it's like you have a guy who very clearly 
doesn't like be he doesn't like it when he's unable to get his timing and range because he wants to work in close like with like he wants to catch you coming in with counter punches but like everybody who's like too far away for like he doesn't have a really reliable way of closing distance on those guys guys like Moicano or Jalen Turner like absolutely fucking mauled him at range and it's something that he he has struggled with which is why a fight like Drew Durbler was perfect for him to shine right um and he just took over as the fight went on so he um what I what I every single like major tool in his under his belt was basically ineffective Against Moicano. And he he forced a pace out of him that he just didn't want to start with. Um, he definitely wasn't going to be able to, uh, you know, outgrapple Moicano. So, yeah, just that was – it was all wrong. And Moicano looked excellent, like you said. So, yeah. I, I I think it was just – the Riddell was just absolutely thrown off his game immediately because he, he just had no time to really – get into any sort of groove or get his timing and he was just getting lit up yeah and by the end Moicano takes his back and uh, clamps down yeah and then yeah if Moicano I, I, that's what I said I'm like if you give Moicano uh, on Twitter if I, I said if you give oh I didn't say anything on Twitter um, you give Moicano you give Moicano your back it's over like it's done yeah Riddell was like why bother fuck this okay I'm out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he and, didn't uh, defend that choke at all. Yeah, like there was a moment where he was gonna tap, and he's like, "Oh, actually, it's really not that tight. Maybe I can just like gut this out." And I'm like, "Fucking fight the hands, man!" <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, maybe DC was uh, <laughs> maybe up in arms about that. <laughs> was, uh, I don't like that. Like, I, I like I get it if you want out. Like, I don't think he wanted out. Like, I, I'm a quitter type thing. I think he was just like, "I'm getting the fuck beat out of me." Maybe he'll like gas out his arms and then like he starts like he adjusted and squeezed harder. And I was like, ah. it's just promotional mismanagement with what they've done with Riddell. I don't think he ever would have been that great in terms of like top five or like even top 10. He, he would have been a useful presence to have in the division. He would, yeah, I think he would have been, been hanging around the 11 to 15. Yeah. <clears throat> um, with the right matchmaking, he probably could have gotten like to the six, seven range. Like, um, like if he had like a run with like Masvidal where he had like two high profile but like easier stylistic matchups as he's gone on in his career. Like, yeah. But as it stands now, I think he kind of just got fucking ruined. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is a shame. Of, it's a fucking shame. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, things being uh, an awful shame and uh, fighters being ruined, Ryan Spann versus Dominic Reyes. Uh, I mean, Dominic Reyes, I, I think he should just fucking hang them up, quit while he's ahead. Well, not ahead, but, you know, just quit. Fuck this. Just three massive, horrendous knockouts in a row, uh, not showing any signs of improvement at all. Just completely fallen off the wagon after the Jones uh, decision loss. I, w- the- I wouldn't say no no improvement. Uh, he fought, he did, ha- he did show some really, really nice stuff against um, Yiri. But that's also a product of Yuri being incredibly hittable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, go on. Sorry. Yeah, it's just, I mean, fucking span. It, it's Ryan Span. It's he's just a heavy-handed light heavyweight, like which. Okay, that's always a danger, but also he he got submitted by Anthony Smith and knocked out by Johnny Walker. Come on, <laughs> just. <laughs> What is this? 
I'm more, um, I'm more, more, uh, yeah, I'm more, I'm more inclined to like fault for getting knocked out by Johnny Walker than, than, um, than the sub by Smith. But, um, the the problem, the problem with this is that it wasn't just that, like, he got knocked, he got knocked down like twice, um, and then got knocked out clean by the jab. And he also just went straight. He didn't, he, he didn't like, he doesn't have any way of correcting the issues for some reason. Um, he, the jab, it wasn't just that the jab landed and he went down. He literally lunged face first into that jab because he didn't try and win the outside angle as he came in with his own punch. Hmm. Uh, that was the issue. And he, so his face was directly in the center line. Span just took and like extended his arm and slammed it home. It was one of those situations where his issues are his defensive issues have now led to the fact that his chin can no longer take it. So now his defensive issues are even much, are an even bigger problem against someone like Jones. You know, his chin was still kind of fresh. He hadn't really taken too much damage uh, in his career. And Jones is not the type of guy that's going to really take advantage of any sort of weakness in your jaw, right? <laughs> or yeah. your chin. Um, however you want to call it. Guys like Jan, guys like Yuri, guys like um, Span can. If they hit you clean, you're going to fucking feel it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see him retire, not because, like, I, I hope he can. If he can't, that's a bigger issue. And this, I'm not really sure what to say there. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about something happy like Aaron Branch, Blanchfield fucking owning Molly McCann. Uh, okay. So I actually skipped through that one. <laughs> Why don't you walk us through that? Fight? Oh, dude, no, go watch it. Go watch it. Uh, okay. It's Aaron Blanchfield absolutely mauling Molly McCann, like just mauling her. It's so fucking fun, just because like she's so clearly above her. It is a fucking ass whooping. She took, she showed no mercy. <laughs> she just beat the shit out of her, and then like nearly ripped Molly's arm out of her socket. So credit to Molly for being tough as shit, but like, yeah, like absolute destruction. Um. She could easily beat multiple top five fighters now. Like she, I, like match her with Alexa Grasso, and I would pick Aaron, Aaron right away. Um, Shevchenko and Santos might be able to like and just like out athlete her because mm. she is not a particularly gifted athlete, but her game actually has like uh, it's a really cohesive, well put together game. Striking, striking is janky, but like she knows where she needs to take it, and she has a lot of tools to get it there. Yeah, which is, I mean. By the sounds of it, it's a lot better than uh, what we normally see in Dude, that division. Dude, yeah, <clears throat> you got to go watch her fights. She's actually like a really good prospect. She's very young, like 22 also. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of skipped through the rest of the card, so I don't have a lot to say about any of these fights. I just kind of like watch the finishes, which uh, the mm-hmm. amount of finishes on this card, um, I guess, makes it a fun one. It's a, it's a, It should be... Easy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, should be pretty nine, easy upon revisiting. Eleven finishes. Eleven finishes out of fourteen fights, and all five main card fights were finishes. Yeah. So that's, that's... <laughs> oh, dude, you'll just love this shit. You'll love this shit. I don't know if you know this. Matt Frivola fought Adam Azaitar. Before the fight, he put out a Twitter poll: Should I bang or should I wrestle? And he said, I'll do whichever one wins the poll. 81% said, stand and bang. And he's like, bet. And fucking murders on oh, like, yeah. I saw that and 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 this is so Retweets funny. it. Retweets it. He retweets it and goes like, I'm a man of the fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Matt Frivola is a fucking madman and I love him. 
That, that's great. More fighters should do that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you if you want, uh, if you if it's popularity you want uh, over longevity, that that's what you go for. Do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh man! Oh, another fight you got to watch: Trezano versus uh, uh, Sungwoo Choi. That fight was fucking ridiculous. That was the one with the double knockdown. Go watch okay. that one. Okay, sure. Absolute uh, chaos. Okay, I'm also seeing Olberg versus uh, Negamariano. Early KO as well. Um, I guess I'll watch that. Yeah, it's worth it. Yep. All right. So that was UFC 281. Uh, I would say that uh, the card kind of over-delivered for the amount of... Uh, just kind of, I guess it's just kind of the doom and gloom everyone felt after 280. Uh, everyone just kind of expected this one to suck as well, just purely yep. because like the previous one wasn't that all, all that interesting. Like everyone talks about, oh, you're just mad because the outcomes were something that you didn't like. And I'm like, no, I mean, look at the card. There's like barely any finishes, and every fight went the distance, and it wasn't wasn't that great. <laughs> Most yeah, of it. It's it's one of those situations where it's like previous. You 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 it, your expectations are set. Oftentimes by the card, like how the cards have been preceding it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, 280 really put a damper on this because it's like, oh man, amazing card. Boo. It, it, it fucks with it, you know? Yeah. And the next card is going to be Fight Night. Uh, Fight Night card headlined by fucking Lewis versus Sergei Spivak. So uh, I know what I'm not going to discuss or watch. So... <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm feeling pretty confident in that uh, this card is not. It's not going to be very interesting. Okay, so on a lighter note, uh, have you got anything to, that's uh, coming out recently? I know you've been working on some interviews and some articles. Um, yeah, um, I have. Um, yeah, I have the. Uh, I still. Ha- I still got to edit the uh, ADCC for uh, sales again, which was. It's, it's just an editing nightmare. Um, it's really we we went really long and I think we were all drinking. So, um, <laughs> uh, we have a beefing with Ben coming up uh, with Julie Kedzie. So keep an eye out for that. Um, the we have two new sponsors, Manscaped and uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, xmarshall.com. We're so selling out, baby. They both have the code the fight site. Yeah, they both have the code the fight site. Um. Yeah, those those are what I have working on. Um, I was gonna do the uh, fundamentals of grappling, but then we're making that a Patreon exclusive thing for like once we hit a certain goal. So, yeah, that's that's gonna be on hold for a bit. Um, what else? I make a cool highlight of Charles Oliveira. Sure, I have a song not? I like that I think would be really not? fitting. Just, just for the yeah, I just have a song that would like I feel like it's really fitting. Yeah, I just feel like it's really fitting for his career. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Uh, We've uh, fired off all the stuff that uh, Ben has uh, coming up. And uh, what do I have coming up? Well, not much, really. I guess the the, the only major news that I have is that uh, I think uh, Miguel mentioned it on Heavy Hands the other day, um, which is uh, we've completed step two of our immigration drive. And uh, to, to those who don't know, I'm fucking... I've had to get the hell out of Dodge. I've had to fucking run out of russia <laughs> to, to run from that from from yeah. putin and his regime and uh, i've been the the last the, the better half of the, the the better part of the year now uh, i've had to kind of like spend on the run and uh yeah we started an immigration drive and uh trying to get a visa a u.s visa and uh, we now have the enough money to pay for all the legal fees but all we 
all that's left now is just, you know, gathering enough money to actually get there, to make the move, which is obviously going to be expensive as well. So there's there's a coffee link, uh, IGTFS, uh, that's uh, I-W-G-Y-T-F-S at coffee.com, uh, and uh, you can make your donation there. Uh, every little small amount, every small amount helps. It's Everything's clearly felt. So if you feel like you want to help out, please do. It's, uh, this could generally prove to be life-changing. And I'm not alone. I'm not just doing this because I want to save my ass. I'm actually got, I've actually got my wife with me and I've got my relatives back home and I want to get them out as well. So if you could help me do that, then uh, yeah, that's that's just, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> a debt I would never be able please to Please do what you can if you can. Yeah. yeah. Would be very grateful to you. Huh. All right. 90 minutes. Fucking hell. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess that's the usual the running time for Tengri. So, yeah, it's also the first one we've done together. So true, but also also probably the the chillest one in the, in a while because every time someone comes on, it usually turns into fucking chaos. <laughs> I'm a calming presence in this world. <laughs> yeah, that that's been uh, uh, a regular Zen. Uh, a, leg, a regular Zen, you know, enlightened being, whatever the fuck. Zen Judist. Yeah. A Zen Judist. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna cut all that out. I'm just gonna cut all that out. Don't worry. Don't worry.